This is where business ideas and passions turn into profit. Napkin ideas are no longer tucked away in drawers, and women around the globe are turning their hobbies into million-dollar businesses. Welcome to Million Dollar Hobbies. Here's your host, world-renowned jewelry designer and home shopping TV celebrity, Victoria Wick. Thank you for tuning in to the Million Dollar Hobbies show, where we help you turn your dreams into reality. Today, we welcome Ms. Melissa Del Toro Schaffner, an American voice actor, podcaster, and the best-selling author, creator, and illustrator of the Minority Girl Empowerment Coloring Book titled Careers for Little Sisters. Melissa has earned an electrical engineering degree and has mm-hmm. lived all over the United States and has traveled by herself throughout the Western Hemisphere, from dog sledding in Alaska to trekking the pyramids of Mexico to touring the Kremlin at Christmas time. She became a mother after she turned 40, and she uses her experience as a mother and a corporate executive to perform her voiceover script for a global audience. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me, Victoria. This is, I'm so excited to get together with your listeners. <laughs> I mean, first of all, when we first met at the New Media Summit, you were so comfortable in front of the microphone and you were so authentic and just so crystal clear in, you know, in what you're doing, what, what you love and your passion that when I saw this like written out bio, I was like floored because <laughs> nothing in this bio says you're going to be in front of a microphone. So what happened? What was your, what's your story? Like, tell me. Well, thank you so much for asking. Um, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, so no, I didn't know I was going to be behind a microphone and I was never really a fan of my own voice or my own image. <laughs> so um, I think that we all kind of start there. Most of us start there. Um, my backstory, a little bit about my background is I always dreamed, you know, like most little girls, I wanted to be a ballerina or a veterinarian when I grew up. I don't know if that's what you wanted to be. Some girls want to be doctors. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't want to be a doctor. Go ahead. Yeah. No. <laughs> Well, so, and I played a lot of Barbies and that's pretty normal for little girls to play with dolls, but I used to really especially pay attention to the voices that I was giving my Barbies, but I never thought anything of it. You know, I, I just love to mimic people's voices. My father sounded like Ricky Ricardo. (laughs) So I used to mimic his voice and I really enjoyed it. I savored that. Um, But I never really felt like I connected with the sound of my voice or, you know, anything like that. So I didn't think that I would be in front of a microphone for a career at all. So now you did go ahead and get yourself an engineering degree, right? So at some point, did you, you know, want to go in a corporate world? Did you like engineering or what, why engineering? Yeah, that's curious, you know, that's actually a great question. (laughs) Sometimes I ask myself that myself. Um, But you know, I think a lot of people can identify with this whenever you're little and they ask, you know, they ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you actually get to the age where you have to choose. A lot of people will look at their parents and, and my parents, my mother was a teacher and my father was an electrical engineer. So I figured I I want to make a lot of money when I grow up. So, um, and I knew that I love science. So I chose the engineering route because I thought that would give me the best success to, to basically fill my American dream of living 
you know, on my own and my own, own apartment yeah. and having my own life. So um, that was really important to me. And um, yeah, so, yeah, so that was why I went into engineering. I, I completely, completely, you know, can relate to that because when I immigrated here with my parents, um, you know, they immigrated here because they had four young girls from South Korea and they felt that girls would have, um, their girls would have a better, you know, or more freedom to choose whatever they want. And yeah. yet, you know, they really sort of tell you, my parents really believed in their heart that um, the road to success, the road to reaching your American dream is to get your, get hyper-educated, you know, yep. in, in areas that are, that make good money, that have great job security, such as engineering, doctor, lawyer, and all that stuff, which, yep. you know, and I did the same thing. I went out and got my degree in finance, go figure. <laughs> so, now, Perfect. <laughs> now, were you suffocating um, in a corporate world? Um, I mean, I was. I mean, I yes. hated the jobs that I had. <laughs> actually, I thought there was actually something wrong with me because, you know, I'm expected to take this path and go into corporate and get a job. And, you know, even when I began my career, and it was a great job. I mean, I was so grateful for having the opportunity to make so much money so young in my life, but it felt wrong. So, I mean, I guess... You can, I can be thankful because that's actually when I started acting. <laughs> I started really acting when I had to go into corporate and I, and I really, it didn't fit. It didn't right. fit my personality. It didn't fit my, my, just my desire to bring joy to the masses and entertain. I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this podcast will say, you're not supposed to entertain when you're in corporate. <laughs> right, right. Well, well I think, um, you know, I felt like, like you, I was making really good money, but I was working literally endless hours. You know, yeah. I went to, I got to work probably at 7.30 in the morning and I didn't get off till 7.30 yep. at night. And I had an hour commute each way. So I never saw, you know, anybody, it was just dark when I left yeah. and it was dark when I came home. And um, even though I was making good money, um, I felt like something was missing, you know, yes. from my life or I wasn't fulfilled. And I, I constantly asked myself, what's the purpose of my life? Like, why am I here? You know yes, what I mean? So yes. that's kind of what you're telling me. Now, yeah. going from that corporate environment where you were making money and doing all that, what was the first step? Like when you first realized I need to do something else and you probably, it sounds like it was a little bit of a you know, time period. You had known that you got to do something else, but what was the first step? Like, well, you know, you the job one day and just start something or was it a slow? <laughs> um, as with any journey, you know, all the turns in the road are important and you don't know they're coming. So That's sometimes true. you get thrown a health challenge or sometimes, you know, you get thrown a curveball. But I always kind of knew that it didn't fit. So, I mean, I guess the first the first uh, indications was that I jumped around a lot. I would get really tired of what I was doing or the city I was living in. And I've lived all over Absolutely. the country, yeah, yeah. you know, just changing jobs, you know. And, um, but I was always looking for the same kinds of jobs. So I always had that, that hole that I'm not being authentic to who I am, but I don't know what else to do because this right. is my skill set, right? Right, exactly. Wow. So, so I think the pivotal point when I really moved from the engineering to the voice acting 
it came slowly. But the first step really is becoming entrepreneurial, which for anybody listening, I mean, it's very challenging because no school, no person, unless you have a parent that was an entrepreneur, nobody teaches you how to have a business. So the first thing is, especially an engineering background, no, no, corporate world. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't teach you how to own your own business. They just teach you how to be a a gear in a machine or a cog in a wheel or, you know, whatever else, whatever analogy you want to make. But, um, so I really had to start to think about becoming entrepreneurial. And that was terrifying because, you know, finding your own work, how scary is that? <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. You know, the, the um, fear of the unknown, I guess. Yeah. yeah when you totally. act, and the fear of unknown becomes really not an option for a lot of people because mm-hmm. when you have something so secure, like an engineering job, it's easy to fall back. Yeah, to that to the comfort zone that you have. But but is it that secure? Because I lived every Friday. I'm wondering, is this the Friday they're going to throw me out? Is this the Friday they're going to see I'm an imposter? (laughs) Is this the you know? And 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 as everybody knows, you know, when you have a job that pays that well and is at that level, it takes a really long time to find a job that's comparable. So, is it really that much more secure? Yeah, you know, you can now think that, but at the time, Oh, forget it. That security versus, you know, literally, you know, taking a a jump leap of faith. Really? That's totally, that's, you know, now what would you say was your biggest obstacle making that transition? Um, mindset for sure. Mindset. I mean it. So basically what I did to make this transformation is I actually hired a hypnotherapist (laughs) Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. I actually hired somebody to brainwash me basically wow. um, to change the way I think about myself, to believe that I could. Um, because when you have a very um, stable, predictable kind of job that you can just go in, get your paycheck, go home, do your thing, even if there's not a little bit, you know, time left over from your job, it's still security that you're going to have. A paycheck, but I really had to to do hypnosis basically to j- take that jump into creating wow. my own business, <laughs> and wow. then after that, you know, the obstacle is just maintaining that positive belief in yourself that you can create something that other people want. You know, because we have this thing about like this imposter that you know. I'm I'm useless. Nobody, nobody would want what I sell. Who wants, what do I have to bring to the table? But everybody does. They just, yeah, they just yeah. don't encourage you to think that way whenever you're in a corporate job. Oh, for sure. Now, I mean, now, you know, I see you, um, you know, just really quite active. You're, you know, doing voiceovers, you're going you know, uh, in conferences, you're, you know, helping out charities, all of that stuff. So, you know, from outside looking in, it seems like you are now living your version of the American dream. Would I, would that be correct? That would be correct. Um, I think the finances that go with the American dream (laughs) are slow in coming. You know, there's something that a boss told me in the past, one of my bosses, and I hated him so much when he told me this, but he was so right, is that he talked about perception was what was the most important. Right. And I believe that if you look out there at all the people that you think are successful, you will find behind that 
facade, a person who's very nervous, who's doing their best, oh, absolutely, who's, who's yeah, learning absolutely. what they can, you know, and, and so, you know, success, in my opinion, is just doing what you love and, and just getting the opportunities to keep doing it every day. And I mean, a support system has a big thing to do with people being able to do that. So I, I wouldn't judge anyone for not having the support system that they would need, but I don't think that that should ever stop you from taking the first steps. Well, I mean, I come from, in Asian culture, um, they define success very differently. So mm -hmm. like in Korean culture, for example, every uh, New Year's, they have all the different things, you know, that they want to achieve in the, in the future. And they have food that symbolize the things that define success. For example, mm. their idea of success is living a perfectly balanced life. And that balance is, you know, uh, wisdom, like in your intelligence, the wisdom to choose, you know, uh, good or bad. So wisdom is one and they'll have pencils there. They'll have um, like noodles there for long life. Mm. Um, they'll have, you know, things. So health, relationships, um, longevity, wisdom and and then wealth is one of them so it's the balance of all those things it's not absolutely. you know one or the other so absolutely it's a little different philosophy but that kind of comforted me when i was you know going through that yeah now i would say you're living the american dream because you know i you creative people like us like we have we have to have passion in everything that we do yeah and without you, my, somebody wise told me that without passion, nothing in life actually happens. Mm. And you don't find passion in things like a house or a car or, you know, in fact, the more things you have, like a large house or a car or a yacht or whatever you have, you're so busy living that life, you forget what passion is. Mm. So if you think about so many, you know, or a lot of our companies that, uh, you know, I mean, look at Steve Jobs, or, you know, Microsoft, um, Amazon, these were all people, none of them started with a whole lot of money. I mean, yeah. they just had a lot of passion for it. So I just commend you for that. Um, Thank you. <laughs> what advice do you have for young moms who, who dream about leaving the corporate world, you know, starting their own business? Mm. Well, there's two kinds of young moms. There's moms that are 20 something young. And then there's young yeah. moms like me who was 40 something with right. my first kid. So speaking to both of those demographics, I'd say, um, just be patient with yourself. I mean, what you want wants you back. I mean, that's a guarantee. That's and, true. you know, we never know how much time we get on this planet. So you could have a little or a lot. So really, it's all about the journey and not really about the destination. So right. as, long, as long as you're enjoying yourself and making forward progress, I would say the biggest tip that I could give a busy mom is when you have clarity of thought, which doesn't happen often in a day, <laughs> but when you have clarity of thought, write it down, write everything down in a place that you can find it again, like on the cloud in your iPhone, like somewhere that if your iPhone gets dropped in the tub, <laughs> you'll still have access to that information and write down everything that you think about. If you think about ideas for a podcast, if you think about what you have to order in the grocery list, if you think about what you want to make for dinner or somebody you have to call because you need that extra bandwidth just to deal with life. That's and true. Jessica. Then so, when you're yeah. surprised, yeah. 
So what's next for you, Melissa? I was just going to say that then when you're surprised, well, I was just going to finish and say, whenever you're surprised with a little downtime, you go to that list. That's all I was going to say is that would be a place where you could find clarity. Okay. So what's next for you? Um, are you, you know, like next year or what, what's, what's your next step in your journey? Hmm. Well, um, that's a great question. And I'm excited because it in includes you. Okay. <laughs> it includes you. Um, and, yeah, and everybody who's listening, it includes you as well. So you're all in on it. Um, I narrate a short story sci-fi, sci-fi short story podcast, sci-fi short story podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot to say, mm -hmm. called Untold Tales. Right. And I have been growing it. It's into almost 30 episodes now. Um, started it at the beginning of COVID in 2020. So um, it's been an interesting year. <laughs> and just yeah. growing and growing that podcast into its second season. So um, in season two, we are going to be narrating stories that are written by you, Victoria. That's great. Love that. Yeah. Listen, our time has yeah. come to an end. It just seems like that, I don't know how many every minute, it just flew by. <laughs> but um, how, how, do, how, how does my uh, audience get a hold of you or how do they connect with you? Because I'm sure some of you are going to want to, you know, get advice or. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe follow you on social. Yes, I'd love that. My website's probably the best place, although I'm on pretty much every social media platform you can look for melissa del toro um, if you looked for schaffner as well can have it in the show notes but my website is uh, www.melissadeltoro.com or you can just search melissa del toro voiceover and i'm sure the show notes will have my name that you can spell it but you can yeah, find yeah. me there and and submit the contact form and we could talk great thank you so much melissa thank you i appreciate it be well You've been listening to Million Dollar Hobbies, where we turn dreams into reality and passion into profit. According to an ancient Chinese proverb, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Congratulations on taking that first step today. For more information on how Victoria can help turn your hobby into a million dollars or to download her free ebook on passion-based business ideas you can start now, visit MillionDollarHobbies.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Until next time.